You're listening to the Promise Church's message of the week. We hope you enjoy this teaching by Pastor Jonathan. For more information about who we are, please visit us at thepromisechurch.com. All right. Well, as we shared a few weeks ago, the vision of the Promise Church is that we exist to be a people of freedom and transformation through daily personal encounters with the presence of God. This is the vision that Jesus has given us to live in and to live out. We believe that this is what he's inviting us into, to be a people of his presence. And as we live as a people of the presence of God, there should be freedom, there should be transformation that takes place in our lives and through our lives, and that takes place when we daily posture ourselves to pursue God, to encounter him on a daily basis, to know him more, where we say, Jesus, teach me your ways that I may know you. God, I love you, and I want to grow in love with you more and more every single day. And from those encounters with him on a daily basis, we go around everywhere we're going to our workplaces, in our homes, in the grocery stores, in our fun times, and we're carrying his presence. We're giving freedom and his love away everywhere we go. Amen? This is the vision of the house, and we, I shared with you a few weeks ago that God has spoken to us very clearly that we needed to focus on building culture, being very specific, being very consistent, so that the culture is sustainable and healthy throughout all of us, that we're all on the same page, going in the same direction, following the leading of the Holy Spirit, and allowing Jesus to build his church in our lives and in, our, in us together, Amen. And so uh, last week or two weeks ago, really, we started a values series where we began to talk about some of the core values that God has given us as a church to live out. And in that realm of culture, when we say that we have a culture here at the Promise Church, our culture is comprised of four specific areas. It is first our vision, which I just shared with you. It's our core values. These are our nine core values that you see here on the screen. Uh, That is our nine core values, and we're going to be going through each one. One of them in the weeks to come, we went over generosity the last two weeks. And with generosity, that word means to us, it means swag, which means to steward well, accumulate aggressively, and give generously. That when it comes to our time, our talents, and our treasures, we don't, we don't give to get, we get to give, and we steward well, accumulate aggressively, and give generously. Praise God. I was trying to talk of that one through before the service with Pastor Nathaniel, and I got it backwards, and so the Lord is helping me. Praise God. You know that the presence of the Lord is here when I, my tongue is not getting tied up. Praise God. And so we were talking about these core values. We're going to go into them even more, but our culture is also comprised of unique characteristics. In a sense, what makes the Promise Church unique or different, not necessarily better than anywhere else, but unique or different possibly than other places, that even though there might be other churches that prioritize and value and operate in the same types of core things as we do, we know that God has called us to be a, a unique expression of his body in, in the world today. And so, for example, like for one of our unique characteristics that we'll go over with you in the weeks to come is that we're a presence-driven church. 
We're a presence-driven church. So if you're new to our church, visiting today, and you're like, what is going on in this place? The worship is a little crazy. These people are nuts. It's because we're a presence-driven church. What that means for us is that we recognize our first and greatest calling is to minister to the Lord and to worship him passionately in love with him. And that our church is not built around or on a man, but built on the man, Jesus Christ, built on his presence. And that when you go to church, you should encounter the one that the church is meant to be built on and be built for and be built about, and that is Jesus. Not encounter a program, a song, a sermon. It should be about Jesus. So this is why we do what we do. This is who we are. This is who God has called us to be. And then another part of our culture, the last and fourth part, is our leadership standards. If this church is your church, you're a part of the family here, you, you consider this to be your house where your roots are planted to be, then we have standards that we are called to live by as a church family. And I'm going to actually share some of those with you today as well with our core value that we're going to be talking about. Our core values... To summarize what our core values are about is who we are at our best. And, and it's to help protect the vision of the house and to help make sure that the vision that God has given us to, to be ones that walk in freedom and transformation through daily personal encounters with the presence of God, to ensure that we do that and live that out in our lives everywhere we go and in every single day. So our core values are these rules of engagement that we're to have with one another and that we are to help walk together in. These core values are also, oft, are also supposed to be a byproduct or a result of living out the vision. If I'm having daily personal encounters in the Lord's presence, walking in freedom and transformation, generosity should be a byproduct. All of these will be. And so we're going to, again, continue to go through them in the weeks to come. So today's core value that we're going to be talking about in this values series is health. Health. And when we talk about health, we use the phrase airplane mode, praise God, to kind of help remind us of what we mean about health. And in our definition at the Promise Church of what we mean with health is we prioritize health through daily personal encounters with God, margarine, mar, not margarine, Get that out of your life. You want to be healthy, don't eat margarine. Just saying, it ain't real. It ain't real butter. It ain't real anything. It's garbage. Lord Jesus, help me. You're welcome, Hannah. Margin, praise God, is created by protecting the Sabbath, disconnecting for health, and cherishing our family. There's a lot there, which means, as you might imagine, there's a lot in my notes. Praise God. I have a series to try to share with you in one message, so bear with me today. But we prioritize and value health in our lives, and as a church, we want you to be healthy in every part of your life, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, and everyone says amen, every single part of your being. God wants us to live healthy lives. I want to, let's go to God's word. We know that we need to right now. I know I need to right now. Let's look at his word or in, in at Lamentations. You know that this is a good message when we're reading out of the book of Lamentations. Lamentations verse, or chapter 3 verse 22 says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Come on. 
His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Now let's look at Mark chapter 1, verse 35, talking of Jesus. And it says, very, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Everybody say airplane mode. Airplane mode. Our culture really talks a lot about health. There is a, there is a big emphasis and focus on health. There is probably more information on health and how to be healthy than there ever has been in human history before. Yet at the same time, with all of this information, there is still great ignorance when it comes to the area of health. Though with all of this information, there is great confusion on the area of health. Anybody remember a couple years ago where certain diets were coming out and they actually told you that eating bacon was healthy for you? That it was a great idea? Now, now, come on now. You know, if you know me, Dorsey, wherever you are in the house, you know that I love bacon. You know that I love bacon. But I I don't want to break it to you. I'm going to speak the truth in love in a lot of ways to you today. Bacon ain't healthy for you. If you eat too much of bacon, it's going to clog your arteries. Your cholesterol will begin to spike. And uh, it's probably just not the best meat to choose from. But it tastes wonderful. Praise God. Again, a lot of information, but still a lot of confusion. There, there's a lot of fads. There's a lot of trends. There's a lot of emphasis on health. We all want to be healthy. We want to have uh, health in our minds. We want mental health. We, we, want, we want physical health. We want all kinds of areas of health in our lives. But as I, I shared last week about generosity, generosity actually comes through good stewardship of your life, good stewardship of your finances, good stewardship of your, of your time, good stewardship of your life. Well, health, in most cases, health comes as well through great stewardship. That if there's a health issue, whether it be of our soul, in our mind, in our emotions, whether it be of our spirit, in our spirit person, who we really are on the inside, if there's a health issue there, if there's a health issue in our bodies, if there's a health issue in our, in our mental health, a lot of times, I'm not going to say every time because I don't want to make it very blanket and generic, I'm saying a lot of times there is also a stewardship issue. That a lot of times, you know, in church, we're going to emphasize sex, drugs, and rock and roll, but we're not going to talk about McDonald's. Got quiet, praise God. That yes, possibly, most likely, in fact, pretty definitely, if you eat healthy foods, you eat that salad and, and the fruits and vegetables, instead of McDonald's, your body will be healthier, we don't like that. We, we, we like that Big Mac. 
with the extra patty and adding bacon. We, we ignore things like, you know, that we should probably get enough sleep to make sure that our, our energy levels are good and that we're taking good care of our minds. But we don't necessarily do that either. We want to stay up till 2 a.m. watching Netflix and still have to get up for work the next day. We, we know that, whether we want to believe it or not, that exercise is probably the most and most important way for us to lose weight and to get healthy, get our heart healthy physically, our heart healthy, and, and to help our, our circular vascular system be healthy. But yet, and there's like literally a fitness gym, you know, in most communities, maybe not Woodland, but in most communities like Vancouver and Longview, there's a fitness center like almost on every corner. And we, we pay the membership, you know, we pay the 50 bucks a month and we go once a month, praise God. And, and uh, but we don't really want to go put in the work. Well, in the church world, in, in the spiritual world, in our, in our spiritual journey, we also probably know that time spent with Jesus is probably one of the most beneficial things to help us be healthy and to grow in our relationship with Jesus. But usually we have a stewardship and discipline issue and also desire issue to actually prioritize our mornings, our days, and our, our time to ensure that we actually spend time with Jesus every single day. We know what we should do to be healthy. Most of the time. And we just don't normally choose it. And instead we will go to programs. We will go to places, even maybe church. To fix us. We, we will go through help, self-help programs and self-care programs. We will, we will go to uh, all kinds of therapists. And I'm not saying that that is wrong, that you shouldn't do that. I'm not, don't hear what I'm not saying. Hear what I'm saying. We go to a lot of other places hoping that they will fix us. Instead of going to the source. Jesus. Instead of maybe believing and trusting that what he did, as we sang today on the cross, it covers everything. Instead of believing and receiving what he paid for through his body and his blood, our healing, our freedom, our provision, our health, instead of going to him daily for our portion, for our refreshing, for our renewing, for our rest, for every part of our lives. This, this area of health is very important, but it takes a lot of intentionality. And I'm only going to share on a few areas about health. There's many more. We're not even going to get to the physical part of health today. You're welcome. I figured with what I already had to say, you were going to be convicted enough. But if you have more questions, I'd be happy to help you. Uh, go on a Daniel fast. It's probably one of the best things you could start with. And then going to that gym you pay for every month. Praise God. So let's talk about what we again mean at the Promise Church when we talk about health. At the Promise Church, we prioritize health through daily personal encounters with God, 
the, by, by, by prioritizing the Sabbath, disconnecting, and prioritizing family. Okay? So we have a leadership standard. I, I, I said that we had leadership standards. One of our leadership standards for everyone, again, who calls the Promise Church their church, that this is your home, one of our leadership standards is daily encounters. What do I mean by that? It means this. We pursue the Lord by spending time with him daily through worship, through dialogue with him, which would be prayer, through reading and meditating on his word and recording what he speaks to us. Now, this is not the only ways you can spend time with the Lord. And in the months to come, we plan on sharing with you many different ways that we can encounter God, many different ways that you can connect with him, because all of us are different. None of us are made the same, and none of us connect with God exactly the same. And I don't want to just give you how I connect with God, and you then expect that you have to do it that way. But we want to empower and equip you. But usually, when we spend time with Jesus on a daily, in a daily way, it's usually going to include Include most of those or all of those areas I just shared with you. Worship, prayer, dialogue, which is not a monologue where you just, like what we're doing right now, where I just talk to you and you have to listen to me. Now, you can feel free to encourage and give me some good support, praise God. But I'm not actually having a conversation and dialogue with you, but we're supposed to do that with Jesus, talking to him but listening to him at the same time. We're supposed to be in his word every single day. Come on, that Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread. He wasn't talking about your friends or your Dave's killer bread. He was talking about God's word. That man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. If you didn't know, God spoke his word through, over, through 40 men that were inspired by the Holy Spirit to put this book together. And he still is speaking today. The Holy Spirit is still speaking to us. He wants to give you a word daily for you to chew on, for you to meditate on, for you to uh, apply to your life every single day. And I would encourage you to ask the Lord every single day what that word for your day is and to write it down and to think on it throughout your day. All right? But this is what God is wanting us to do. And I believe that health actually comes into our being and it actually affects all of the areas of our our human body and our human soul and our human spirit when we spend time doing what we were created to do, which is know God. If you didn't know, you were created. You weren't an accident. God formed and fashioned you. He thought of you before you were conceived and he wanted you to know him. And he wants to know you and have a relationship with you. And as you cultivate and steward and grow that relationship with God, that is where real life takes place, where you come most alive and you are your true and truest self, living out the purpose, plan, and destiny that God has for you. You won't find you. You know, we, we hear people say, I just need to find myself. You won't find you by looking at you. You will find you by looking at Jesus and spending time with him. And he will show you you through his word. He will speak to you as you still yourself, as you go on airplane mode to shut out distractions to spend time with him. Psalms 42 verse 1 says, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God. For the living God, 
When can I go and meet with God? The simple answer to that question is right now, today, tomorrow, every single day. If you'll choose to. Psalm 17, verse 15. As for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. The idea of beholding is where is your attention, where is your focus, where is your gaze? And putting it on Jesus. When I awake, I shall be satisfied with your likeness. Notice when I awake, I, both these scriptures have the connotation of the idea behind them. Every day I wake up, every moment that I'm alive, I have an opportunity to be with the Lord, to pursue him, to know him. And I believe that often the health of our lives is affected because we've actually lost hunger for the Lord. Think about it, right? When you, if you're a parent with children... One of the first signs that you know that they're sick is they're not hungry, right? Because children eat everything, usually. They will, they will eat a lot of food, praise God. And so if they're not hungry, when they're normally supposed to be hungry, you know, the normal meal times, et cetera, or even snack times, and they're not hungry, you're kind of going, are you okay? You, you, you feeling okay? Is, every, is your stomach okay? Like, what, what's going on? Like, you begin to ask the investigative questions because normally... They're hungry. If you've lost hunger for Jesus, if, if when you wake up in the morning, you aren't excited and wanting to go and be alone with him and spend time with him, if you're not coming to church just passionate and excited to be in the presence of the Lord with the family of Christ, and, and you're just not, you, you just can't wait for those moments of his presence to be together, if, you're, if when, you, when you worship, you're spectating and criticizing versus participating and jumping in, and, and you think that everything that's going on around you uh, is, is a wrong biblical expression and you're critiquing everything, then I would venture to say that you've lost your hunger. If you wake up in the morning and you actually believe that you can do your day really well without God, you've lost your hunger. And therefore, if you lose your hunger, there's a struggle with your health. You see, why do we emphasize daily personal encounters? Why is this a part of our vision? Why is this one of our leadership standards? Why is this something that I'm talking about within the core value of health? Well, the goal of us as your pastors and as spiritual leaders over you and, and covering you, are one of our missions from the Lord, one of our, our mandates from God is to help you grow into maturity in Christ. To, part of the fivefold ministry is to equip the saints to do the work of ministry and to help us be unified around Christ so that we would grow up to become mature. You can see this in Ephesians chapter 4. And so if you, if you again, you know, understand the cycles and seasons of life, you know that adults feed themselves. Okay, when, when you have children and they're really small, you feed them. They are not capable of feeding themselves. As they grow, potentially they get to a place where you train them, you teach them how to make food, you know, uh, how, how, to, how to cook. Last night, you know, my, my youngest daughter wanted to make me dinner for my birthday. So she, she and mom worked hard in the kitchen to make dinner. And I was very, very thankful for that. And so you, you teach them as they get older how they could cook for themselves or someone else. But adults 
right? You live on your own, you're single, you, you, you're, you're the, the husband, the wife, and the home, and you have your own children. You feed yourself or others, right? Now, you might go to Popeye's and get yourself a sandwich. Someone fed you. But if, that, if you live off of that, you live off of eating out, I will tell you, you will become unhealthy. Adults feed themselves. So, why are we talking about daily personal encounters? Because the goal for discipleship as your leaders is to help bring you into maturity in Christ. And a sign of maturity is that you know how to feed yourself on God. That your spiritual growth and your survival and your spiritual health isn't dependent or built around one service a week, or around the one sermon a week that you hear, or around any of us as your pastors. It's built on Jesus and your own walk with him. That you would follow the God-man, Jesus Christ, not a man. Why do people fall away from God? Why do people fall away from the faith? And they are reacting to someone who follow Jesus, a spiritual leader who fell into sin, and they fall away themselves from God. Why does that happen? Because they were following a man or a woman. They were not following the man, Jesus Christ. People backslide because they don't know how to feed themselves. Because they don't daily encounter Jesus and pursue him in their own relationship with God. No one, no one falls off the proverbial cliff in their walk with Jesus, where one day they're doing amazing in their walk with Jesus, walking in, in the power of God, the love of God, the presence of God, walking in purity and righteousness. No one just is there and then falls off the cliff the next day. It's a gradual descent, a drifting of the soul away from being in love with Jesus. Just like in a marriage, it doesn't happen overnight usually. There's a drifting of the, of the affection, of the heart, of the pursuit it takes place. Some of you, some of you must encounter God daily before you go to work just to survive. I'm serious. Like, you work in ungodly and unhealthy work environments that, that war against your soul, places that, that attack you for following Jesus, places that criticize you and mock you, and I'm telling you, you can't afford one day to not be full of the Holy Spirit. You can't afford one day to not be sharp and in tune with God and full of him encountering him. You can't afford one day. And you, you are in, a, in, a, in a, an intense place to shine a light. Many of you are in that place. How can we think that we can survive and thrive and shine that light if we don't spend time with Jesus every single day? Well, I'm telling you, that doesn't come by accident. It's very intentional. Jesus, as we read out of Mark chapter 1, Jesus showed us the example of living a life, spending time with his Father. If Jesus, fully God, fully man, the Word made flesh, who came and dwelt among us, what, and from his own mouth declared he was dependent on the Father for every part of his ministry, every part of his life. How much more so us, you and I, right? We read out of John chapter 5 that in verse 19, Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, the Son himself, Jesus, can do nothing, can do nothing by himself. 
He only can do what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. In John 12, 49, verse 50, through verse 50, he says, For I do not speak on my own. Imagine every single word coming from your mouth, led by the Lord. But the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. I know that his command leads to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. How is that possible, even for Jesus? Well, maybe it's because every morning, before the daylight started, while it was dark, he left the crowds. He left the disciples and went to a solitary place to pray. This idea of a daily personal encounter isn't just some hip, trendy, cool phrase that we're just trying to say to y'all. It was lived and modeled by Jesus. And if Jesus lived a life dependent on his father for everything he did and everything he said, why do we think that we can do life independent of God? Usually the messes that we are in in our lives are the ones that we have made because we're trying to do life independent from God. Praise God. Daily encounters starts with a choice, a value, a desire, a first love for God. Where my, my first love, the what I love the most and what I love first is him. And I choose it. Quickly, i got to go through some of these things here. But in Luke 10, 38 through 42, there's a passage of Scripture that has forever marked this church. And I hope will always be something that we hold on to. And this example of Mary where it says in verse 38, Jesus and his disciples were on their way. He came to a village called Bethany where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him, to Jesus, and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. But only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen Mary has chosen that what is better, and it will not be taken from her. Your daily encounters start with a choice. I'm not talking about daily devotions and having your daily devo, where you go through a religious routine, go through the motions and check a box that you did your thing with God that day, where you read your your verse of the day in your Bible app and think that was your time with God. I mean that you posture your heart like Mary to be in his presence. You set your gaze, your attention, your heart on him to be with him, to worship him, to listen to his voice, to hear from him through his word, and to love on him. Now, you could do that maybe while you are running. You're supernatural if that's your time with the God. You could do that possibly while you're on a hike enjoying beautiful, the beautiful creation of God. You, you could do that while you're on the, the, uh, the, the exercise bike, you know, praise God, getting healthy. You could do that in a variety of ways. 
I would say the best ways to do it is where you know that you can zero in, go into airplane mode, cut out distractions, focus fully on Jesus, and love on him and hear his voice. It's a choice. Mary chose. Mary chose. Psalm 16, verse 8 says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body will also rest secure. Notice, notice. My heart, that seat of affection and emotion even, is glad. Joy, what comes out of my mouth is rejoicing, not complaining, not gossip, not negativity, not slander, not profanity. My body will rest secure. There's a security, there's a peace, there's a rest that my body feels because I'm healthy. Why? Because my eyes are on the Lord. Verse 11, chapter 16. You make known to me the path of life. Come on, how many of us want to know where we're supposed to go with our lives? He tells you when you're in his presence. In your presence is fullness of joy. Joy is not just an emotion. It's a choice. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Joy is the byproduct of being full of the Holy Spirit. How do you have that? You're in his presence. With, you're, you're in your presence is fullness of joy with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Who is at the right hand of God? The Father. Jesus. You are to enjoy him daily. And as you do, you will be ushered into that heavenly realm while on this earth. Where worries, fears, stress, needs become so quiet, almost disappear because you're so caught up and captivated by him. How do you walk a life of purity and righteousness? Psalms 25, 15. My eyes are ever on the Lord, for only he will release my feet from the snare. How do I not get snared up, caught up, tripped up, fall into offense, fall into unforgiveness, fall into sin? My eyes are on Jesus. Praise God. Next part of health that I want to emphasize very quickly and shortly is the Sabbath. I preached on this called Supernatural Rest a little over a month ago. I'd encourage you to go back and listen to it if you didn't get a chance to hear it and catch it. The idea of the Sabbath is trusting God with our days and our time, just as we would trust God in the tithe with our finances. So when we say the Sabbath as a leadership standard, the Sabbath is one of our leadership standards, and what we mean by that is that we honor the principle of the Sabbath by stewarding our time, trusting the Lord, and trusting the Lord by choosing to rest and unplug one day a week, in order to not risk our health, well-being, and effectiveness 
for the kingdom of God. Potentially your effectiveness, your health is, is being attacked, is not where it should be because you're not trusting God with your weak and resting physically and emotionally one day from your work. The Sabbath is the one of the Ten Commandments that we, we usually are willing, willing to break. You know, no one's like, sign me up for the murder one. I'm going to do that one. Sign me up for the adultery one. You know, that's not a big deal. But it's like the Sabbath, we negotiate that one. We're willing to break that one on a regular basis. If you prioritize the Sabbath, health is going to flood into your being. The Bible is amazing. When you, when you walk in righteousness... When you walk free from sin and purity, and you're pursuing purity, there is health that actually not only affects your soul, but your body too. Look at this scripture, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 7 and 8 says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Don't think that you know how to do life apart from God. Don't think that you know best for yourself. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Live in an awareness of the presence of God. Fear the Lord. Live in a reverence and an awe and a wonder of who God is, how big he is, how awesome he is, what he's done for you. Live in that place. Fear him and shun evil. Verse 8. Doing these things will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Isn't that amazing? Psalms 38 verses 1 through 8. Not going to read it for you, but there is a whole passage where it talks about someone feeling physical pain and effects in their body from living in sin. So we were created to know God and live in relationship with Him, and humanity messed that up by choosing sin and wanting to live independent from God and living a life of pride and selfishness. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us have made a mistake that qualifies us to be a sinner. But the good news is that Jesus came as the solution to our sin problem. Jesus came, fully God, fully man, died in our place on the cross. He became sin. He was tempted in every way, just as every human being has ever been tempted. And yet he was found without sin, innocent. And he chose to die in our place for us, becoming sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. And he didn't just die on that cross. He defeated death, sin, hell, and the grave by raising from the dead on the third day, and he's alive today. And because he's alive, and because of what he's done, you and I can receive the gift of righteousness through faith. We can receive grace to be empowered to not live according to our sinful nature, not according to our sinful past, but to become a new creation in Christ, receiving the divine nature that is prone to righteousness. This is what God's word shows us. This is what Jesus did for us. And if we pursue purity, if we live in a place of saying, Jesus, conform me and make me more like you every single day, I submit and surrender to my life, my life to you. I'm not going to lead my own life anymore. I'm choosing to follow you. Then health should flood into your being. The Bible is so wonderful. It's, it's clear and it's backed up with real science. Not, not uh, COVID science. Not federal government science. But backed up with real science. That worry, anxiety, impurity, 
and unforgiveness is bad for your physical health. And along with bad for the health of your soul. This is why the Bible says in Matthew 6, do not worry. Don't you see how he takes care of the grass of the field? Don't you see how he feeds the birds? He knows every hair on your head. Therefore, you should not worry, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all the things that you need in this life will be added unto you. Philippians chapter 4. Do not be anxious about anything. But through thanksgiving and rejoicing, by prayer and petition, bringing your requests to God, there's a divine exchange that takes place where I give him my anxiety and my worry, and I receive a peace that passes understanding, that guards my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. Again, we just want to go places to have someone fix us instead of go to his word that shows us how to live healthy. Last point of health, cherishing your family. Cherishing your family. We have a leadership standard that is, is family-focused, that we prioritize and cherish our families above the demands of ministry and to treat one another as a family. We should not sacrifice our marriage or our kids on the altars of ministry, career, success, or our hobbies. A lot of unhealth in our lives is because there is unhealthy relationships that we are living in. Our, our, our marriage is unhealthy and it affects our health. Our parenting is whacked and, not, and is not according to God's word, it is according to the world's standards and philosophies. So therefore, our families are a mess and our kids rule the home instead of the parents actually being the parents. So then there's unhealth. We're stressed out. Instead of following God's word, Proverbs 29, 17 says, discipline your children and they will give you peace. They will bring you the delights you desire. Children are to be a blessing from the Lord, not an annoyance, not a burden. So I ask the question, if, if you're struggling with your children as a parent, most likely I would ask you, is there a stewardship problem? With your time priorities? Are you investing time into them? Are you showing them that you value them above your hobbies and above your career? I would also ask, do you recognize the need as a parent to be the parent, that your job is to be the leader and parent of their life, not their friend? I just want to be my kids' friend. Well, that's a great goal when they're 25, not when they're five. Not when they're 15. Be the parent. Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, or they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. Your role as parents is not to look to the youth pastor, the children's pastor, and the senior pastor to train up your children in the way of God. It's your job. And when you train them up in God's ways, which Jesus is the way, when they know him personally, deeply, and intimately, 
and they've encountered him for themselves, they won't want to walk away from it. Now, I know many parents are in this room where you have children who have walked away from the Lord. I know there's many in this room that are struggling in their marriage. I know that there's many in this room where they're struggling in the home with parenting. I know that there's many in this room that are struggling in realms of health, mental health, physical health. None of the things I am sharing with you today is to, in any way, in any shape or form, cause any shame, condemnation, guilt. That is not for you if you're in Christ. My role as your pastor is to speak the truth in love, that we would grow up into maturity. And it actually requires me as your pastor to speak about things in a way that you need to hear it, maybe even though you wouldn't like it. And so I would encourage you, if you do need help, I am not saying that you should not come to us, uh, come to us and ask for help. We want to help you. We want to equip you. We want to counsel you. We want to see deliverance in your life. We want to see freedom and healing in your life. We are here for you. We love you desperately. We, we believe in, in what God is doing in us and what he can do in you. But so often we go to the crutches and we go to, to the, the other sources instead of also realizing that I must spend daily time with God. I must practice the Sabbath and disconnect from the distractions of the world and rest. I must eat healthy. I must exercise. I must be trained and equipped on how to be a good mom or a good dad. I I must invest into my marriage. And we just want everything to come to us this fast and for someone else to do the work. My hope for you today is that you would encounter the Lord's presence, that you would sense his love and his presence so wonderfully, and that you would be encouraged to know the direction to start. Some of you are in this place, you're weary, you're worn out, you're frustrated, you're consumed, you're worried and troubled about many things. Sound familiar? Only one thing is needed. It starts with the one thing where you make Jesus your one thing. And you're willing to sit at his feet and be with him every single day. My hope in sharing this with you today is that you would know where to start. And that you would know that there's pastors and leaders in a church family that want to walk alongside of you, that we love you, that we care for you, that we want to help you. You're not alone. But you would know where you need to start. That doesn't mean that you won't go through hard times when you stay at the Lord's feet. Mary, in the next story that we see the Mary of Bethany in is in John 11, where she's falling at Jesus' feet because her brother has just died. Going through a trial. Going through a very difficult time. Experiencing even maybe a little disappointment wondering why Jesus didn't come earlier. But what was her, her, her response? Falling at his feet. Not standing like her sister Martha, accusing God for being late. My, my hope in sharing this with you today is that you would feel hope, that you would know that there is health for you, 
that you would know that God's word is clear on what he has for you. That if you steward your life and follow him and, and allow his grace to flood your being, you would encounter him, that you would begin to make these, these intentional decisions and choose the one thing, choose prioritizing time with him, choose the Sabbath, choose your family above your hobbies and above your interests and above your career, that you would begin to make those choices needed. And I also realize that there's some of you in this room where everything I shared with you can maybe help you to a little point, a little bit, but until you actually begin a journey of knowing God and having a relationship with Him, you're going to miss the whole thing. That real health for your, who you really are, for your inner being that affects every part of you, real health only comes from knowing Jesus. That Jesus says, this is eternal life, that they would know you, Father, that they would know me, the Son, that in knowing us, is eternal life, real life. It's not something that we just have to wait to receive and experience when we die. But it's actually something that's available for you and I right now in this moment. And even for people who go to church, who've gone to church a lot in their past, you can, just like I talked about earlier, you can know a lot of information about health and still be very unhealthy. You, you can know all the right things that you're supposed to do to be healthy and not actually do them. You can know the scriptures and not know God. You can know all the steps and do all the religious boxes and steps and not actually know him. Or you could be here today and someone's invited you. It's, you've never been to church or you've, you've, you've ne it's been a very long time and you've never made a decision follow Jesus. You've never made a decision to say, Jesus, I'm not going to live in charge of my own self. I need your forgiveness of my sins. I, I, I need you to lead my life. I need to know you. I want real life. And maybe that's you today as well. Would you all stand with me? So if that's you, as I described just a second ago, if you are here and you don't know Jesus, you don't have a relationship with him, you've not made that decision to take that first step in saying, Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. Please forgive me. I choose to receive what you did for me on the cross. I believe that you are the son of, the son of God. I believe that you died, that you're alive today, and I need you in my life, and I want to follow you and have you lead my life. I want to know you. If that's you today and you don't know Jesus and you want to begin a relationship with him, I just ask that you raise your hand. Raise it high enough for me to see. Don't be afraid. Don't be embarrassed. It's a safe place. We just want to pray with you. Is there anyone here? Thank you, Jesus. We're going to do this. We're going to go into a song of worship, church. As I shared earlier, you are made to know God. You are made to be in relationship with him. You are made to worship him. There is life that floods your being when you do what you were created to do. When you put your focus and your attention and your love towards the Lord and worship him passionately in love with him, life, health floods your being. 
Don't hold anything back from the Lord. Don't let personality, background, preference, past stop you. Pursue Jesus in this time. Just right now, even before the worship team leads us in this song, just right now, begin to lift your hands, begin to lift your voice, begin to lift a song to the Lord of love to him. Jesus, we love you. There is no one like you, Lord. We honor you in this place. We give you all praise and glory and honor. You're the one that we love. You're the one that we worship. You're the one that we adore. Oh, God, I ask that you would touch every single person here. Lord, I ask for your freedom to flood their beings, your health to flood their hearts and their lives. Lord Jesus, I ask that you'd heal marriages, you would heal families, that you would heal finances. God, that you would come and move powerfully in people's bodies, that you'd bring health and life into their beings, oh God. God, that you would inspire us. Lord God, that you would convict us. Lord God, that you would encourage us to go after you, Lord, and to steward our lives, to go after you, Lord, and to spend daily time with you. Lord, we want you. We need you. God, we're nothing without you. God, you're our desire and our delight. You're our heart's cry. And we long to know you more, Jesus. Come fill this place. Let every single person feel your embrace today. Come on, church, let's worship him right now. Thank you, Jesus.
right now if you're in this place and you came in today and you're weighed down you feel heavy you feel burdened you feel overwhelmed you you feel beat up like when i'm talking about health and i'm talking about stewardship and 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 living in a healthy place you're worn down you feel weary and heavy burden there's struggles in your life and your relationships uh, and, and it's just weighing you down and you don't feel refreshing you don't feel rest you don't feel peace you don't feel joy i want to pray for you if that's you just come to the front there's no guilt there's no shame in fact actually beginning to take a step to say i want this i want to be healthy i'm going to take a step and say i need people to come alongside of me and encourage me and pray for me come on anybody else i believe that there's some men in this place that need to do this come on come on up here no shame thank you jesus thank you jesus We just break off that lie of shame right now in Jesus' name. We plead the blood of Jesus over every single mind, over every single person in this place. All shame, guilt, condemnation broken right now in Jesus' name. If I could get some more people up here to pray for the ones up here. Thank you, Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus to come and flood these people's hearts and minds right now in Jesus' name refreshing refreshing some of you up here might need to repent for something that Acts chapter chapter 3 talks about repentance and from repentance receiving times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord Jesus come all of you who are weary and heavy burden come to Jesus for he has rest for your souls Peace in Jesus' name. Joy in Jesus' name. Every burden that you aren't meant to carry, place it at his feet right now. Thank you, Jesus. Don't get weary in doing good. Don't get weary in doing good. For at the proper time, as you continue to sow, as you continue to steward, as you continue to be faithful, you will reap a harvest. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's sing this chorus one more time.